We inform. Religious freedom is about people of faith being able to live out their faith, live out their convictions, no matter where they are. We equip. This is a battle of worldviews. And we activate. We also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character hope. This is AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome to the Core. Glad to have you with us on the show today. This is American Family Radio. You can uh, stay up to date on the show. You can listen live uh, through multiple avenues. We try to make it user-friendly is the the saying. We try to make it as user-friendly as possible. And so here are the few ways uh, you can keep up with the core here on American Family Radio. You can catch our our live audio stream on our website, AFR.net. You can catch the same live stream on our mobile application, the AFR app, which is free, by the way. No gimmicks, no tricks. It's free on the App Store. Takes you a couple minutes to download. So you can catch the live stream in both of those locations. We're also live streaming the video on Facebook and YouTube. Uh, If you type in AFA at the core, you can watch the show on both of those platforms. Now, YouTube continues to give me strikes because I dare share the truth on the show. (laughs) So, Bobby, uh, YouTube, uh, I think they gave me strike two or strike number one yesterday. You're at two. So how many strikes until I'm out, Bobby? Uh, Three. Three strikes and I'm out. Three strikes, and then I think you uh, you ride the pine for for a little while, gathering splinters. I think it's somewhere around fourteen days. Now, Bobby, uh, are, we are just so distraught about this. I'm, I can't get over. Did it. Did you sleep last night about this? I slept this? well, actually. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's uh, it's rather comical because it really is. I really don't care if YouTube blocks me. No, because no. we're. We're sharing the truth on the show, and that's the that's the main thing. And also, not only are we sharing the truth, but there are alternative platforms. Yeah. And we have our AFA streaming platform up and running now. Uh, there's Rumble. I mean, there's all kind of other platforms. We're right. only on YouTube, Facebook, and AFA streaming, but yeah. there's options out there, Bobby. Well, we, we throw it on Gab, too. So we do, we that's do right. that on Gab. And, uh, you know, the fact of the matter is it's it's really – confirmation for us that we're on the right track so that's right exactly when silicon valley comes knocking on the door (laughs) you know you're doing something right uh so that's what's going on with uh the big youtube over there and you know we this is this is something i think we take for granted and that is the first amendment the beautiful thing about america is we can create alternatives. Like, we don't have to just say, it's YouTube and that's it. If you can't get your message on YouTube, then you don't get a message out there. Now, yes, is it an inconvenience? Absolutely. Is it is it wrong for them to de-platform people because they don't like their worldview? Yes, absolutely. But at the end of the day, this is not a lose-lose scenario. If YouTube pulls AFA at the core down, okay, we lose some subscribers and people can't go there and find it. But at the end of the day, there are alternatives. And I think that's something that makes America unique and different. And this is why we raise the alarm about China 
and all these and in these other countries where there there's not constitutional rights. There's not a free market system. And so when we when I when I raise the 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 red flag or the alarm about China and all these other bad actors on the world stage and how they are against not only against freedom of speech, freedom freedom of expression, but they're against all kinds of free uh, anything that is not government sponsored. They squash it and they squash it quickly. And so uh, here in America, we actually have alternatives. And for that, we should be grateful and we should continue to ensure that as many other countries allow uh, allow human rights and allow freedom of expression and freedom of, of religion and worldview. So that's that's one thing that makes America unique. America is not just another another country on the world stage. Um, in this, you know, relativistic society where everybody's equal. No, that's not America. Uh, there are special things about our country and how we were founded and the people who founded our country and their worldview and their uh, belief system. All of that makes America unique. So let's don't buy into that, you know, the the belief that America is just another country on the world stage and we're not really that significant and who really cares about what happens to America that's really a, not a proper way to look at our country. And as Christians, we should want to preserve freedom. We should want to preserve human rights. We should want to preserve religious freedom here in America uh, for the good of our neighbor. That should be why we do what we do. Speaking of um, doing what we do and doing the right thing, let's look at Scripture. Let's look at God's Word. And uh, AFA produced a documentary a couple of years ago called The God Who Speaks. We're actually going to do a re-release on that in February. We're going to do a re-release on that in February with uh, some special uh, offers that are going to come with this re-release. So uh, there's there's a lot of things. We have a Sunday school kit and we have some bonus uh, content. So you're going to want to stay tuned for that. But uh, we, we uh, the, the uh, part of the core values and a part of our work here at AFA is communicating to the body of Christ, communicating to the American people and the world the uh, infallibility, the inherency, and the authority of God's Word. God's Word is our final authority. And so we're going to turn to God's Word today and read. I'm going to pull out uh, two verses in Psalm chapter 7. Verse 10, this is a psalm of David. My shield is with God who saves the upright in heart. God is a righteous judge, a God who fills indignation every day. So two things here. The question I would have for our audience and the question I have for myself is, David says, my shield is with God. And so my question to to us here on the show is, where is our shield with? Who is our shield with? Is our shield with ourself? Is our shield with others? Where is our shield? Is our shield with God? And so David says, my shield is with God who saves the upright in heart. And then he goes on to say how God is a righteous judge. So where is our shield? Our shield should be with God. Yesterday on the show, by the way, next segment, we're going to have my brother Wesley in studio. He's on in here each Tuesday and Thursday. And then last segment, we're going to talk to a guest who's been on the show before out of Chicago. We're going to talk to Pastor Corey Brooks out of Chicago. He is running the Project 
Hood, and he's working to revitalize and bring revival to uh, Chicago and some of the rough parts of Chicago. So we're going to talk to Pastor Corey Brooks last segment for the show, so you're going to want to stay tuned for that. But I want to touch briefly on my top uh, my comments on uh, Ukraine and Russia and that whole saga going on in a land far, far away from here. The uh, I wanted to remind the audience here that I didn't do yesterday how corrupt Ukraine is. This this should be part of the equation here when we talk about do we want American military might on the front lines of the NATO fight against Putin? Do we want to sink billions of dollars in the fight against big bad Putin? So this is part of the equation, and that is Ukraine is is intensely corrupt. Well, Walker, why is that relevant? We need to factor in, America needs to factor in who our enemies are and who our friends are. And who is worthy of our blood, sweat, tears, and dollars. And Ukraine is notoriously corrupt, including their government. All right? And it just to bring... Just to kind of jog our memory a little bit. Remember the story that broke during the campaign, during the 2020 presidential campaign, about Hunter Biden and Ukrainian energy company Burisma and all the money that was flowing into the Biden family while Joe Biden was vice president and he was the key point person on Ukraine policy under the Obama administration? And so we need to keep this fresh in our minds because can we trust Ukraine with all this money, with all this military equipment, and with all this aid that the world, that NATO is about to start pumping into Ukraine? And so that's the outstanding question I have for the audience. That's the outstanding question I have for the Biden administration and the whole national security apparatus and everybody who is beating the drums of war with Putin. Do we want to be in foxholes with the Ukrainians who are notoriously corrupt? Like, what are we truly fighting for? It needs to be the question. And I think that's the debate that's missing here. That's the debate that's missing here. You know, all the all the foreign policy, all the national security experts that go on Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, they all they all at the same talking points and they talk about how you know NATO is an important force in the world on the world stage and and Vladimir Putin is a dictator and he's he's so bad and and all of that stuff is true most of it's true but but they never get to the the essence of why we need American blood in foxholes in Ukraine like, they never get to that punchline that, that gets the American people all on the same page as to why, uh, why the Biden administration should send thousands of American troops to Ukraine. They never get there. It's all the, par- the walk talk, the foreign policy talk, the, the giving us all the history lessons on NATO and why NATO exists. But they never get to the selling point where, where, the, where the American people can get on board with a war. 
And the same thing with what happened in the Middle East with Afghanistan and Iraq and that entire region. You know, at first it was the war on terror, but then you start asking, like, well, when is the war on terror going to end? And they nobody has an answer. And so you, you end up realizing years in that, hey, this thing's never going to end. <laughs> We're never going to get out of here. And uh, thankfully, we did get out of Afghanistan, although it was quite sloppy under the Biden administration, putting it mildly there. Um, but, you know, we have to, the, the onus is on that, the so-called experts. The onus is on the national security folks and the foreign policy experts who study all this stuff. The onus is on them. The onus is on the Biden administration to convince the American electorate that going to war with Putin is a noble, righteous, virtuous thing that we should send our sons and daughters to do. And so the onus is on them. The onus isn't on me. The onus is on them to convince us why war with Putin is going to help America. War with Putin is going to help America, and that should be the essence of and the context of this discussion. So... Uh, uh, to be more specific on Ukrainian corruption, the uh, a group called Transparency International, the Gro- Global Coalition Against Corruption, this group puts out an index every year. They put out a corruption perceptions index, and they study all the points of corruption in these different countries out of 180 countries. And Ukraine ranks 122 out of 180 to be out of being the... Uh, most corrupt country. And so they are they are high on the list as far as the number of corrupt countries. And so the way this ranking system works is if you're country number one out of 180, that means you're the least corrupt. If you're country 180, then you're the most corrupt, which is like North Korea. Uh, 120, 20, uh, 100, uh, 122, rather, is where Ukraine falls. When you look at the grading system, as far as their score... Out of one, one to 100, 32 out of 100 is the score they get on anti-corruption measures as far as how honest are they in their dealings as a government. So Ukraine is notoriously corrupt, and that's not me saying it. That is groups that study this, groups that do this for a living. Just reporting to you the facts. Hey, next segment, we're going to have my brother in, Wesley, and we're going to talk about immigration. We're going to talk about immigration and why... Having secure borders and walls and gates and having law and order is good for a nation. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, what about this man? My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. At the climax of the account, when Jesus restored Peter's personal relationship with him and Peter's call to ministry, he saw John following them. Jesus had just predicted that Peter would give his life for the gospel when Peter said, What about John, Lord? Jesus responded, What does he have to do with your calling? You follow me. With those words, Jesus hit a consistent flaw of the human condition. We derive value and self-worth by comparing ourselves to other people. Your ups, your downs, your failures, your victories were never meant to be compared to other people. We have been called to serve an audience of one. The only approval you need is His. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. 
This is Raising Godly Girls Minute with Patty Garibay of American Heritage Girls. Do you ever feel like you might not be enough? Smart enough, holy enough, thin enough? Remember this, your daughter, no matter her age, is perceptive to your thoughts and perceptions of yourself. Research shows time and again that the most influential force on a girl's self-image are her parents. For those parents who feel like they aren't enough, there's good news. Our own weakness is fertile ground for God's power. 2 Corinthians 12.9 says it all. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Boast in your weakness, not as a self-loathing act, but as a way to welcome God into your insecurities. The greatest lesson you can teach your girl is that God's love and mercy make her more than enough. Want to learn more? Read about empowering girls through the love of God at RaisingGodlyGirls.com. Hi, my name's Eric. And I'm Kendra. And we have been married a little over two years now. Honestly, I think the the most challenging part of our marriage so far, we're right in the middle of it. We're trying to have kids right now. I have a spinal cord injury, so that makes things a little more difficult. And um, I just am, am dealing with some issues with infertility. The difficulty is on my end. But it's our infertility. But it is our, yeah. Because we're right. one now. <laughs> and I, I think what's really helped us through this is keeping Jesus at the center of it all and knowing that anything that causes you to lean and depend on Jesus more is actually a blessing. Yes. It's heartening to, to know that I have someone who's, she's on my team. Tune into By Design as we explore God's true purpose and design for marriage. Just visit the podcast page at AFR.net. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome back to the Core. If you want to catch the video after the show, you can do so. If you want to watch the video after the show, you can go to our streaming platform, create a free account, and watch the show, AFA at the Core. Just go to streaming.afa.net, create you a free account there. And you can watch AFA at the core there on our streaming platform. And you don't have to go through YouTube or Facebook or somebody else who may not like us tomorrow and may pull our plat- pull our page down. So the streaming platform is a way to get there. Before uh, we introduce my brother Wesley, I want Bobby to mention something. That he just enlightened me on the status of Ukraine and NATO. Bobby, enlighten our audience on what's going on there. Well, the Reader's Digest version is... There is no relationship between (laughs) NATO and the Ukraine. You know, the fact of the matter is they've been talking about this, and it really started uh, with zeal and zest back in 2008 at a Bucharest summit. But again, they've just been playing back and forth. Um, I I mean, Ukraine has uh, essentially rewritten their constitution to try to get back in uh, or get back with NATO and, and saying that, hey, look at we've we've changed our constitution and our reasons to be and so on and so forth. But the fact of the matter is, there's nothing that has linked NATO to Ukraine. So the people with the argument saying, oh, NATO nations have to help each other out. There's nothing in writing that says Ukraine is a, is a part of the NATO Council. All right, so you bring about a point in which many in our audience, including myself, are going, wait, Bobby, so you're telling me that Ukraine is not a member 
of NATO. And what's the answer to that? Yeah, that is correct. They are not a, a member, member of, of NATO. NATO. Now they're okay. talking about another summit in Madrid later on this year, but yeah. again, there's, there's been, been tons of, of summits, you know. Yeah. There's, there's even been joint exercises with Ukraine and NATO sure. forces, but the fact of the matter is nobody has signed U- the Ukraine into the NATO alliance. Right, which would then obligate it to defend its, Indeed. Uh, NATO Indeed. to defend its borders. So important note there, folks, as you're watching the foreign policy experts, uh, the uh, Ukraine is not a member of NATO. But you watch the news, you would think they sure have been. You'd think they were a founding country, founding member of NATO. If I may, real quick, before we bring Wesley into yeah. this, on January 14th of this year, their chairman of the Office of the Presidency said that the Ukrainian authorities hope to hear specific conditions for joining NATO. And he says, quote, Ukraine has shown to its principles and positions that we are fully prepared and able to be a member of NATO. This means that at the Madrid summit this year, we hope to see and hear very specific conditions and information about this. Because today, especially today, I would like to repeat that now this is a matter of life and death for our country, unquote. That's their quote. All right, good deal. Appreciate the update on that. Bobby, Wesley, welcome to the show. Glad to be on. And you know what? You talked about other people canceling your programs because they may or may not like what we're saying. I'm going to do it just because I'm your brother and I'm your older brother. <laughs> You're just going to cut the mic? I'm just going to pull it. Come on, Just because I can. Come I'm on. I'm going to do it and pull a prank. But, you know, we better not do that because we are that. a live radio, you know, 175-plus stations. Yeah, alarms a lot will of start going off if you yeah. pull my mic. Yeah, so I, if what, whatever I got against you from brother to brother, we just keep that off. We'll keep that off site. Yeah, we'll figure that out somewhere yeah, else. Yeah. We'll go out back. Hey, on a serious note, my parents <laughs> raised us, and we've got a great relationship, Walker and I and my sister. All of us real, real close. We get to eat on Sunday afternoons together, and we see each other throughout the week. We've got nine – Grandchildren? Yeah, Isaac will be 10. Yep, Isaac, next few weeks. Isaac will be 10. We're going to count him in there. So we've got 10 because yeah. Isaac's like just the around the corner. Bloods. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, between my sister, my brother, and myself, we, we got 10 children. So I've got to say, though, if, if we're lodging you know, concerns or complaints. Sure. Uh, HR's listening. Your office is way too close to mine. That's you know, your point. That's, I can hear you in there talking baseball. Yeah, yeah. I can hear you and Bobby chatting it up. Oh, yeah. Uh, so maybe this whole new building will we'll sort that out. Yeah, and then and then the times that I talk about you, you don't have to listen. Exactly. I can hear. <laughs> I can hear it now. You know, yeah. hey, you know, Walker and his show. No, and, no, uh, we need to work you know, on. Uh, yeah. He needs to let me have more yeah, segments. That's, and, uh, that's it. <laughs> that's no, me Wesley, down there. Hey, you, seriously, you have some events coming up. Twenty twenty two events. Tell us a little bit about those. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, the I've mentioned this before, but for those that ha- uh, haven't heard or that are new listeners uh, and those that have heard, forgive me for repeating myself, but I spend 70% of my job here at AFA building relationships with our financial supporters and those that just listen to what we do, even if they can't financially contribute. So I travel the country and I've done around 50 something events in the last seven years. Uh, I've, I've shaken hands with roughly. 10,000 people, and I've only got COVID once, so I just want everybody to know that. Um, so so shaking hands is not a bad not thing. Not a bad do. thing. Not a bad thing. We've done that for years. So I've shaked hands, gave hugs, and met uh, 10,000, roughly, of our financial supporters and listeners over that time, and so I've enjoyed that. So it doesn't change for me. This is something I'm passionate about and I'm looking forward to, and I wanted our audience, our listening audience, to know where I'm going to be with a good portion of our AFA staff 
here coming up in the spring. And I will be in Muskegon, Michigan. That's Muskegon, Michigan, April the 7th. May the 3rd, I'll be in Lafayette, Louisiana, or Lafayette, depending on what part of the state you're from. <laughs> May 3rd, Lafayette, Louisiana. June 7th, I will be here locally in Tupelo. So we'll have an event here on our at our home headquarters in Tupelo, Mississippi. And that I got more in the fall coming up, but those are the ones for the spring. The details of locations and time is is yet to be determined, but the date and the loca and the state and the uh, cities uh, determined. So once we get the rest of the information, you'll be able to go to afa.net slash events. That's with an S, events with an S. And there you will find the details and you'll be able to register to come meet myself. Each event's a little different. So some of the events, it'll be Abe and Robin Walker. And some of the other events will be me, Dan, and um, Walker. Yeah. So Dan Celia, that is. Mm -hmm. So, um, so as soon as we get uh, those registrations up, as soon as our first event, reg event registration is up, uh, we'll we'll, uh, make we'll, sure, we'll give you an update. Yeah, during your segment, we'll yeah. cover that. So, yeah. folks, so Muskegon, Michigan, Lafayette, Louisiana, and Tupelo, Mississippi. Here we come in the spring. All right, that's exciting. And um, you know, one thing that that Wesley continues to do, and we continue to do here at AFA, is face to face interaction with those who support us. Yeah, and that's so critical, Wesley. You know, because I when I came on board here, and you were already a couple years in, but. There's all, you can bring in all the marketing experts yep. and, you know, they talk direct mail and, you know, new donor acquisition yep. and all this. But, Emails. Yeah, email, yeah. Uh, you know, robocalling. Right, yep. And wow. and we've, we've tried a little bit of everything. Sure. But one thing, Wesley, that's consistent mm -hmm. and reliable and effective is meeting our supporters face-to-face, -face, mm -hmm. shaking their hands and interacting with them. Couldn't agree more. And just to, agree, just to add to that, we had... During the early days of me coming on staff, I'm going on my ninth year, but some of the first year or two, we had several marketing people come in that we hired. They were consultants. We wanted their advice. And one of the things that they left with, they uh, they didn't say this indirectly. I had to ask them. I had to ask multiple questions to get to this point. I said, so you're basically telling me the best thing we can do is something you can't do for us. <laughs> and they said, yep. yeah, that's a good uh, and, that, point. and that's the point is that we get out there and meet people. So, and, um, and of course the events is the biggest way. However, I do lunches, I do, um, day trips, uh, just so beyond that, my goal is to get out there and meet you. And I want you to know, and those that are listening right now from a, um, supporters perspective, we greatly appreciate you. We count on you. Both as like a family, you know, we when we get your emails asking for prayer, we send those around to our staff and vice versa. When we need prayer for uh, a court case we're in or a project we're working on, like in his image, we ask for you. So we, we're in this together. So remember that. That's the first thing I tell people at these events when I get on stage with a couple hundred people. I said, take a moment. Look around, yeah, because you're not the only one that cares about this stuff and what's going on. So that's exactly right. And the uh, people, I, I run into people, and they say, you know, I appreciate the show. Uh, I'm glad you guys are covering the issues from a biblical perspective, yeah. and all that's greatly appreciated. But I always turn it back and say, we couldn't do it without you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so that that surely is the truth. Hey, Wesley, uh, one topic I wanted us to talk about today is immigration, because the way the debate is framed today. From a secular standpoint, uh, from a from a more left wing standpoint, is that uh, borders are, are are kind of subjective and they sure. they really don't have to be there. And if some people want to you know cross the border and not go through the proper channels, well, that's not a big deal. And I actually have a clip real quick that I'm going to play from. Uh, well, let's see. I think I have. 
two clips, actually, two different contexts here. Uh, but I'm going to play the, – the first clip I want to play to set this up is the – this is the Blinken clip from yesterday. This is okay. the Secretary of State. So the reason I'm playing this to set this up right. is that let's listen to the the tough nature, the no-nonsense nature of how the Secretary of State of the U.S., Blinken, is treating – Russians invading Ukraine, and then let's compare that to our southern border. If a single additional Russian force goes into Ukraine uh, in an aggressive way, uh, as I said, that would trigger uh, a swift, a severe, and a united response uh, from us uh, and from Europe. Uh, And again, there are other things that Russia could do uh, that fall short of actually sending uh, additional forces into Ukraine. Uh, And again, across the board, uh, we're prepared with Europe uh, for a swift uh, and calibrated uh, and very united response. We're looking at every single scenario, preparing for every single one. So that, that, is, that is Blinken, and you hear how, Wesley, how tough he is about <laughs> if, if one Calculated. single Russian troop steps over the border into Ukraine, severe consequences will occur. Right away. Do, we hear the same, do we hear the same seriousness and urgency on our own sovereign borders no and it's an absolute joke and and honestly just to be um i'm going to offend people on both sides here and i won't get too depth i'm going to get back to what the bible says about this but both sides on this have been terrible about this for years um the republicans don't uphold the laws that they have and then um you've got the liberals or the democrats far left who uh ignore the laws that are there i mean yeah. and they and they support open borders i don't care what how they want to frame it mm-hmm. so we uh as republicans we've got to have a lot uh stronger backbone on to uphold the laws that already exist and to provide support to the southern border when asked for it they get asked we asked for support back in the um uh, back before obama bush yeah, that uh, the border security down there asked for help and it was denied by the Bush administration. So mm. we've got to uh, support those that. Okay, but that reminds me, you know, and there's a famous quote from Thomas Sowell that I thought would be worthy of mentioning. But he said that the immigration laws are the only laws that are discussed in the terms of how we can help people that break them. <laughs> so, I mean, That's it was good. Oh, he's brilliant. He Thomas Sowell's excellent on this. You know. Uh, with the time we got left, let's look at the, what the Bible says about this, because uh, it's no, it's not ironic at all that the Scripture has a lot to say about immigration and borders and things like that. And the first thing we need to recognize, and that is that God, it's God's idea that each nation would have borders, and that is a starting point that is non-negotiable. So borders do exist, and they've been there for some time. Uh, God reaffirms His idea and design for borders in the New Testament. When he uh, says in Acts chapter 17, verse 26, this is God himself. He said, and he, God, from what made from one man, he made every nation of every kind mm. to live in all faces of the earth. And he determined and allotted the periods and the boundaries, this is the key word there, boundaries of their dwelling place. And uh, just to furthermore, Jesus reaffirms that in the Great Commission when he uses the word there, all nation, that's translated into all ethnic groups. But think about this for a moment. It's impossible for me to be an American if I'm not born in America. Mm-hmm. And the same way, now obviously we have uh, we have a process in which you can become an American. Sure. Um, through that, however, I'm an Amer- American me because I was born in America. 
And so we have, you know, I know some of this stuff, you, you start going in circles, and you're like, this is common sense. How do we yeah, not get why, this? Why this are we is, even having to talk yeah, about yeah. this? Well, how are we getting in word salads here? But the reality yeah. is that so many people um, have been fooled by the um, media, and they have been fooled by fake news with an incomplete perspective on illegal immigration to believe that if we don't sympathize with illegal immigrants, then we're not sympathetic people. Mm. Um, but we do sympathize with those that want to come here for better reasons, you know, for to have a better life, to have better opportunity, to, to avoid persecution. Um, we have all types of processes in place that already exist in which we welcome those people and we go through a process. Yeah. Anytime this topic comes up, the topic is about illegal immigration, <laughs> not immigration. You're, uh, go ahead. Yeah, you're exactly right. And it's it's now that you bring it all up and my mind's just running through the examples, sure. the, 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 the whole conversation, uh, we feel like we have to lead this topic with, we know not all people who are illegal immigrants are bad people. Sure. And that's what they went after yeah. after President Trump during the campaign in 2016. They said, oh, he called all Mexicans rapists and criminals. No, he didn't. He said that some of them are coming across the border. Oh, sure. And so the whole uh, debate is almost nullified from the beginning mm-hmm. because you're not using the right PC language. That's, cr- that's true. Hey, in the Bible also, we also find instructions for excluding, quote, strangers who come with sinister motives and desires to and desires not to assimilate to how we do things in America. You know, if we break the law in America, there's a consequence to pay for it. Um, there's a place in Isaiah chapter one, verse seven, and the things that I'm talking about, I've put in a in a uh, article form that will be posted on our show notes. Is that correct, That's Bobby? Right. All right. Yes. In Isaiah chapter one, verse seven, it says this: Your country. Your country is a desolate, your cities are burned with fire, your fields are being stripped by foreigners right before you that lay waste that want to overthrow you by strangers. Wow. So we have an opportunity as, as uh, citizens of America and as Christians to say, wait a minute, we, we, love, uh, we love immigrants, but there's a process in place. In the same way at my home, yes, I don't let people come in my home. That but you don't know and you didn't gonna, invite. Yep, exactly. So, yeah, this is this is silly. This is easy fix, and we're going to get it fixed in our country. All right. Thank you, Wesley. All right. So, borders, barriers, legal processes, law and order. It was God's idea. Not Walker's idea or Wesley's idea. God's idea. And that's why we care so deeply about it. Be back in a few minutes. AFR programming is now available on Alexa. You're joking, right? Nope, not joking. Seriously? Yep, this is not a drill. Wait a minute, no way. There's a way, the Alexa way. So if you just happen to miss your favorite shows, no worries. You can now listen to each podcast with Alexa. It's simple and it's free. Just visit AFR.net forward slash apps and click Alexa. We're not joking. When you hear this, this is American Family News. You know what follows is the truth. Your news from a Christian perspective. Hundreds of teachers are going to have to walk into that school building and they are forced to swallow 
political ideology that in many cases violates their very faith and conscience. If you miss it at the top of the hour, American Family News podcasts are available at AFN.net and sign up for our daily news brief at AFN.net. Hi, this is Steve Tiber with 8 Days of Hope. As many of you know, Hurricane Ida devastated Louisiana in August, making landfall as a Category 4 hurricane, leaving thousands of families in need of hope. Do you know it's been three years since 8 Days of Hope deployed on a rebuilding trip where we help hundreds of families rebuild their homes for free? But today I've got some exciting news. We're announcing that 8 Days of Hope 17 is going to take place in Laplace, Louisiana from April 9th through the 16th, bringing hope to those who are feeling hopeless. We're going to be doing roofing and drywall painting and so much more. If you'd love to use your gifts to serve those in need, go to our website, 8daysofhope.com. As always, it's free to volunteer with us. Food and lodging are provided. And again, if you're looking to be the hands and feet of Jesus, join us in April when we go to Laplace, Louisiana, during 8 Days of Hope 17. Again, for more information about this outreach or any arm of the ministry, go to 8daysofhope.com. That's 8daysofhope.com. This time of year, many people make resolutions, but unfortunately, they just don't stick. Franklin Graham. Let me tell you about a decision that you can make today that can change your life, not just for this year, but for eternity. You see, God gave his son, Jesus Christ, to take our sins. And he died on a cross and he shed his blood for our sins. And he was buried and on the third day, God raised him to life. If you're willing to trust Jesus, he will change your life, not just for this year, but for eternity. Just pray this prayer with me. Just say, God, I've sinned. I'm sorry. Forgive me. I believe that Jesus is your son. I want to trust him as my savior. And I'm willing to follow him as my Lord from this day forward forever. Amen. Someone is ready to talk with you right now about a relationship with Jesus Christ or simply pray with you. Call 888-388-2683. That's 888-388-2683. God bless you and a happy new year to each and every one. We're the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio. Welcome to the Core here on American Family Radio. We had a special guest back a little while ago on the show giving us a, uh, a glimpse into his project in Chicago called Project Hood. And Pastor Corey Brooks is back with us today to give us an update on his project. Pastor Brooks, glad to have you on the show. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity again. I love to be on your show, so thank you. Thank you, Pastor Brooks. Uh, To give our audience, maybe who weren't here last time when I had you on the core, uh, give our audience uh, just a a, a snapshot of your uh, history there in Chicago, what you do now, and the project that you're working on currently. Right. So 10 years ago, I went up on the roof of a motel that was across the street from our church um, that had prostitution, gangs, and drugs. And I went on top of the roof of that motel to bring awareness to the violence in the neighborhood, but also to raise enough money to purchase it. I ended up staying on that roof for 94 days and raised enough money to purchase it and tear it down. Then we started a journey to build a center. And now here we are at the 10-year anniversary, and I'm on the roof again of a makeshift building that we put together. And I'm staying there for 100 days to bring awareness to the violence, but also to raise a lot of money uh, to build this community center debt-free. Amen. You know, uh, uh, Pastor Brooks, the um, you and I, the last time we were together, talked about the breakdown of the family 
Uh, this is not just Chicago. It's it's we're highlighting what's going on in Chicago, but all across the country. Yeah. You know, the nuclear family, one man, one woman, married for life, raising children, teaching them right and wrong, and fostering a a safe, productive, uh, a home environment. That's really been lost in many parts of the country. It's been lost in Chicago to to a large extent. And so we know that that's the root. We have, of course, the underlying spiritual problem where we have uh, people that are just lost. They're blind. They don't know uh, Jesus Christ as their Savior. So so we understand, you, you, you and I understand fully the underlying root causes of this uh, situation that's going on in Chicago and other parts of the country. But one thing you noted this morning on one of your updates— uh, out of out of uh, Chicago, one of your videos that you put out, you, you noted uh, uh, something from Thomas Sowell uh, when it comes to school choice and families and children and, and teenagers being able to go to a an educational learning environment that is productive and that is successful from an educational perspective. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah, well, one of the ways that we have to quit uh, to stop the crime is that we have to stop creating criminals. And one of the ways that we stop creating criminals is to make sure that we're educating children. Uh, in our neighborhood, the local elementary school, uh, two of them, uh, the, the kids read at a uh, four, only 4% of the kids read at uh, proficiency, uh, 6% in math proficiency. And all the kids that live in this neighborhood are being required to have to go to these failing schools just because they live in the neighborhood. I believe that that is wrong. I believe that is that is one of the biggest issues that we're facing in America today, especially in urban America, for kids not to be able to, for parents not to be able to send their kids to the school of their choice and have their tax money follow them. That would uh, allow us uh, to get these kids good educations so that they're not dropping out of school, so that they're not participating in gangs, so that they're learning how to read, writing, and arithmetic. Uh, so that they can learn to be to, to grab hold of the American opportunities. But when uh, you don't allow them to edu- be properly educated, you know, it, it causes pro- so many problems that you just would not believe. You know, Pastor Brooks, this is I just want to shout when you're talking because I'm like, yes, yes, I've said that too. Because what what's so frustrating? And and I come from a a family, uh, both both sides of the family of public education, our public school teachers, some of them teach at private schools, at churches. But the, 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 the narrative here that comes back on you and I, Pastor Brooks, is, well, you're, you're, against, uh, you're against teachers or, or you're against public education, and that's mean, that's bad. But that, that totally misframing this entire discussion, the discussion should be what you're highlighting, and that is that the focus should be on the success of the children. This is not about teachers. This is not about government money. This is about whether the students are being given an opportunity that is right, just, and fair. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm for school teachers. You know, some of the best people in my life growing up were teachers. And so I'm all for teachers. And I believe that you can have uh, all four teachers and still have school choice. Mm. And I think that's one of the things that may would improve our public school system when we uh, involve uh, competition, competition makes people get better. We hope. Yes. Uh, but 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 if those schools continue to be failing and continue to not um, come up to par, then they should be shut down and closed down and and get some that work. 
But but in no way should we just allow this cycle to continue, yes. especially when we're seeing generations of young kids uh, being deprived of an education. Could not agree with you more, 100%, 1,000%, Pastor Corey Brooks. Hey, thank you, brother, for updating us on your project there in Chicago, and we'll continue to follow it and keep up the good work, brother. All right, thank you. I appreciate it. All right, thank you. That's Pastor Corey Brooks out of Chicago, uh, working to make Chicago better. And uh, with his church there, he's senior pastor of New Beginnings Church in Chicago. And so he's doing something in his community to make things better. So we need, you know, I talked last week about course correction. Uh, People like Pastor Corey Brooks are bringing about course correction. And so it takes each of us, all of us, one at a time, uh, doing the right thing in our sphere of influence. And that's how you bring about positive change, biblical change in a society as you have Pastor Corey Brooks times a million, and then you get culture and society uh, being shifted in the right direction, all driven by the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, you know, the we, we don't carry this argument, at least we shouldn't, with any other topic. All right. So let's talk. Let's talk. Um, let's talk fast food. All right. Just, uh, you know, I'm big on my analogies. Let's talk fast food. So. With fast food, if I if I critique or I criticize a fast food chain because they just can't get my burger right, they just can't get my burger right, I've been there five times, and all five times I order the burger with what I want on it, and it's wrong every time. Well, I'm talking, you know, to somebody in public or out in private, and I'm talking about how, you know, I keep going to this burger joint, and they keep messing up my order, and how I'm going to try to... Uh, I'm going to try another burger joint to see if they will get my burger right. You know, we don't sit around and go, well, you're you're against cooks. Uh you you're against uh fast food chains. Uh you're against you're against restaurants. Uh no, we don't do that. The 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 topic of discussion is centered uh, is is focused solely on the issue at hand and whatever fast food chain it is. That is the focus of our discussion, we're not we're not throwing a blanket over an entire you know profession, and the same analogy could be carried over to the public education system, because because Pastor Corey Brooks is highlighting that look what we're doing in Chicago in the public education system is clearly not working. Let's try other things. That's not being anti-teacher or anti-public education. That's highlighting that in this specific scenario, what we're doing is not working. And we need enough adults. We need enough school administrators. We need enough superintendents. We need enough city council members to be humble enough to admit that what we're doing now with the whole public education thing is not working. In many cases, it's not working. And competition is a good thing. All right. So uh, next time you're having discussions on this topic, don't don't be cornered in this in this in this room where. You're being framed as anti this and anti that. No, no, let's focus on the students. This is, should be about uh, having a better future and a good education environment for the students. That's the focus. It's not on us adults. It's not on the teachers, not on the uh, education lobby. The focus should be on the students. Moving on to a few other things that I wanted to get to today. This, uh, <clears throat> this clip I'm going to play here is from... MSNBC, this was Joy Reid, one of their hosts there. And she she has on uh, Pete Buttigieg. He's the uh, 
Secretary of Transportation when he's not on uh, <laughs> when he's not on vacation or leave or whatever. Um, and those of you who keep up with the news get that that jab there. But <laughs> Bobby's laughing about it. Uh, I couldn't give him. I couldn't grant legitimacy to his uh, immoral relationship he has there. So that's why I didn't go farther. But ba- but back to the point and off the rabbit trails. Uh, let's listen to Joy Reid. She takes this quote bipartisan infrastructure bill that was passed a couple months ago or several weeks ago, and she turns it on the Biden administration and talks about how this is the white guy employment act. Clip two. Let's the, the, the the infrastructure bill. Um, that was passed was cleaved apart from what's now being called Build Back Better. And in a sense, it's a bill that's like a white guy employment act, right? There's going to be a lot of working class men that are going to get employed by that bill, but that's the very cohort that is much more likely to reward Republicans for that. That's who they vote for. Most, you know, working class white guys vote Republican. Meanwhile, all the stuff for the women, for, you know, for, for moms, for people who need child care, for people of color that's going to affect climate, which young people really care about, you know, extending the child tax credit, all the stuff that helps families and, and women and younger people and, you know, people with college debt, all that got dropped. All right. Well, the... Uh bipartisan infrastructure bill that Biden's been bragging about for the last several weeks and his administration has been bragging about (laughs) and Congress has been bragging about the ones who voted for it. Um, Joy Reid calls it the white guy employment act. All these construction workers, they're all white. This is nonsense. And you and I can spot it, but many people can't. And to, to, Look, I, I didn't think that infrastructure bill was necessary. There was a lot of bad stuff in it. So I'm not like going pro-Biden infrastructure bill here. That's not the point. The point is, is that we are, as a society, and let's just talk Joy Reid, all right? She is is labeling an entire piece of legislation the White Guy Employment Act. Because maybe statistically, and I haven't even looked this up, so I don't know, and she probably didn't either, to be honest with you, um, the majority of the construction in- industry is people with lighter skin color. Okay? So this is racist, all right? And that's what I don't want us to miss here, because this whole guilt-tripping and critical race theory 101, that's what this is. And it breaks everybody down in- into what color your skin is, and it's ridiculous, all right, and that's what Joy Reid is, is 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 the path she's taking us down. And Pete Buttigieg, boy, was he caught off guard. You know, he was caught flat-footed. Um, but this is like this is like if you have a lighter skin color, then you're bad. Like that's the Joy Reid approach, and this is the leftist approach. And that is, if your skin color's lighter, then you're inherently bad. You go sit down. You shouldn't have anything, any part of society. And you're gonna, you just need to let the people with darker skin handle all this. Does that sound like uh, an, a bygone era of America? I think it does, and it's reverse. Do we want to turn this whole racism thing in the other direction and then go down that path? Like that's going to help bring America together? No, absolutely not. And on this topic of skin color and the whole farce of race, you know, everybody's like. You know, we got we got this many races, and you every application you fill out, you go get your oil change. They want to know what skin color you are, <laughs> as if that's relevant. Okay, I'm exaggerating. People are going to start saying, well, where did you get your oil change? No, I'm joking. But on a serious note, you fill out all kinds of applications for employment, 
or for a college, you know, scholarship. Everybody wants to know what skin color you're on. I'm like, why does it matter, you know, what they call it a race, but it's just skin color because according to Scripture, we're all one race, the human race. Uh, but they want to know what skin color I am. I'm like, why does it matter? Why can't I just do this because I'm a good candidate? Uh, instead, they want to know what skin color I am. On on the whole skin color debate, which is what this is, and it's it's all built on division and hatred, um, the Supreme Court, this is breaking news, the Supreme Court will consider challenge to affirmative action in college admissions. Quite interesting. January 24, 2022 is the date of this article, which is yesterday. The Supreme Court agreed Monday to hear challenges to the admissions process at Harvard and the University of North Carolina, presenting the most serious threat in decades to the use of affirmative action by the nation's uh, public and private colleges and universities. So here, here's here's what I want to leave us with today, okay? And I bring up some of these topics, and and some of them, not all of them, actually a few of them, let me say, um, I don't know where I am yet. I'm still reading this. I'm still studying up on this, but I, I want to provoke thought because that's what we should do uh, is we should provoke thought. We should be able to think critically through these issues. And what I want us to think about is this. Is affirmative action biblical? Is affirmative action good? Because when you look at affirmative action, and I know the history of America, I know the context at which affirmative action was brought from. Okay, so I'm not blind to all of that. But affirmative action chooses people based on their skin color. All right, so discriminating based on skin color is already illegal in America. It's called the Civil Rights Act of 1964. So that's already in place. That's a good law. That's a good moral standard. But do we need affirmative action where we have a status quo or we have a quota to meet based on skin color? Food for thought. See you next time. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.